Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James. Yay! Seamus! Yeah! Seamus Joyce. I mean, James <laughs> Joyce. I mean, just James. <laughs> We're talking about Seamus Joyce. I mean, James Joyce. Damn it! Could be worse. Your name could be James James. It could be. There's a famous author that we'll talk about someday who has a very, very long name. So I've decided to start going by what I have it. James Edward Seamus Finnegan. <laughs> Fuck with people. Not, not that anyone will believe me, but anyway. <laughs> so you ready? Um, I am a little bit. Aliens. Sorry. <laughs> that, that only works because we've got video up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you all know who i'm talking about so i'm just gonna move on <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so there's a certain book i've been reading that friends of mine say is just really damn hard to read and they've stopped and they say it's just don't even bother i'm like well for years i'm like sure whatever but this year of course we all know because jody has made fun of it a few times that because I, I wanted to do episodes <laughs> But I turned 50 and I thought, all right, Ulysses by James Joyce is supposed to be a really wonky, hard thing to read. And I thought, you know, I just turned 50. Fuck it. The book I have, it's kind of big, but it's, uh, I'm showing Jody the dimensions. It's big. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just under 365 pages. It's like 358, 362, something. That's not thought, bad. No, but if I read a page a day, I'll finish in a year. Why would you only read a page a day? Well, if you really want to get the understanding of it, you really <laughs> can't read much more than a couple paragraphs <laughs> a page at a time. It's, it's that dense. <sighs> but you're right. I typically read more than that and then take a break. I'll, I'll try to do a chapter, like, you know, kind of as quick as, not as quick as like just blazing through, but I'll try to do a chapter and then think about it and let it go away. <laughs> I can do a chapter. <laughs> but then as i start reading it i find things and i research things and i realize oh gracious not only is it my 50th year so you know screw it if i'm going to do it it's the 100th anniversary of ulysses yes yes it is i saw that the other day when i actually looked some stuff up on this <laughs> yeah i'm technically well, i've got a few notes on the background uh here in a second but yeah it is fully published as a big thing in 1922 yeah, didn't they, 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 it was originally serialized, right? Yeah. And that started in like 1914, uh, I, I think. I think I've got the, the dates. I may not, it could be 1914. Because uh, I was thinking it was like, it, it was serialized. It took seven years to publish all the serials and then published as a, as a full book in uh, 22. Yeah. And I see the dates down here. So yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. Okay. Uh, so my main thing on this was to give the non-academics, every man, every person, woman, child, whatever, guide to reading James Joyce's Ulysses. Okay. And here's my short paragraph. First, the main point. Do you like lyrical content such as Seamus Haney's Beowulf, 
which which we talked about and i i loved more than tolkien's because of its poetic and lyrical structure right yeah and if you do you can enjoy this you can just read it let it wash over you and we'll kind of talk about what ulysses is here in a second uh, but but you can just, just read it and enjoy it and take the Irish language that he writes in and, and you'll understand some things and you won't understand others. But if you just read it as a lyrical big ass book and understand that it's a train of thought, stream of consciousness type of thing where you just have to go with it, it's not so bad. Okay. But if you want to understand all of it, it will literally take weeks and years and maybe decades for you to dig into it and get every damn little bit of meaning because every paragraph and sentence has some typically not all of them but almost some sort of weird meaning whether it's catholicism or irish independence or greek philosophy or shakespearean odes or music or (laughs) (laughs) it is dense That's yeah. That, that's one of the main things I've always heard about it. Is uh, it's it's dense and and somewhat hard to understand, especially since it's now a hundred years later. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I'll get even more into here soon is one thing that's helped me, especially in the really stream of consciousness things, to read it is to have a drink because it lets your brain unwind. So because we always start with this and. We, we can do it real quick. Uh-huh. Are you having a drink? I am. Oh, uh, yes. I am having a brewery Bostils in Belgium. They're triple Carmelite. It is a, it is a Belgian triple ale. Triple Carmelite. Yes. Okay. It's spelled different. Then I, that may mean something else because there is in America anyway, an order of Carmelite nuns. And I was picturing three naughty nuns jumping on top of the monks doing Ooh. evil, naughty nun things. Look that up online later. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you just look up the Carmelite order, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, well, yeah. But... <laughs> but we all know that there are naughty nun pictures out there because that's a specific kink. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I, You know, if I thought about it, I do have some Irish whiskey up there that would have been a little more appropriate than Belgian ale. Oh, yeah, that would have been a good idea. And Oregonus. And Oregonus, yeah. So the background, I'll give, I've just got like real quick, brief basics. If you want the background, there's all sorts of crap. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's (laughs) all sorts of scholarship and essays and, yeah, just all sorts of stuff about this. Uh, It does chronicle various characters, specifically Leopold Bloom, but uh, Stephen Daedalus, who is James Joyce's sort of character in the the thing. But anyway, Mm -hmm. it follows these characters on one specific day in Dublin, Ireland. It's June 16th, 1904. Yes, which is why people who are fans of the book celebrate Bloom's Day. Yeah, on June 16th. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I've got something on that soon. But yeah, we can do that now. Do you have anything else on that? No. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I don't think I have much, so we'll just talk about it real quick. But okay. yeah, uh, people go to Dublin and they'll actually trace the steps and go to all the places marked in the book. Uh, but it's not just there and all sorts of places around the world. People will do readings or map out their own little walk, you know, around Dublin, wherever they're at. Yeah. So that, that, that's it. I mean, and then that's why we're putting this out when we are, because 
this will be in time to give you a week or two to maybe think if you want to read a few sections from Ulysses or do Bloomsday or something on June 16th. Should have said that at the beginning, but did not. (laughs) (laughs) True and true. (laughs) (laughs) It uh, does match the flow and chapters of Homer's Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. The name Ulysses. Which is the Latin name. For Odysseus. Damn Romans. (laughs) Calm down, Hercules. (laughs) I mean. Heracles. You're going to use the name, use the Greek name, damn it. (laughs) By Jove. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Zeus will smite you for that. (laughs) Anyway. I'd Hades if he did that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I seen what you did there. (laughs) All right. I. okay so yeah i mean there are various things like 18 chapters although people put the chapter names in based off of ulysses he never named those he loved the odyssey so it matches that flow and chapter numbers Mm -hmm. Uh, oh here's joe okay so it was written in installments for march 1918 so okay close there and uh through december 1920 in the american journal the little review and then published in full on February 2nd, 1922, which was Joyce's 40th birthday in yep. Paris by Sylvia Beach. Sorry, I, I think I interrupted you. Oh, no, I, I, um, I, he uh, didn't. He he made a promise or something that it would be published by his birthday, by his 40th birthday. And uh, so so that's why it got published on his birthday to make sure that that promise was met or something. Oh, cool. I didn't see that. Neat. Yeah, Sylvia Beach, I kind of feel sorry for because uh, he had some patrons that made uh, helped him get through life and he had friends and, and family that would give him money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sylvia Beach kind of got hosed on this because there was a shit ton of censorship around the book that fouled up her monetary return. Oh, yeah. Censored in the UK until 1936, in the US until 1932. So there's mm-hmm. 10 years, 14 years. And it was technically never banned in Ireland, but due to certain laws, it couldn't be imported. So, yeah, uh, pretty much banned until the 1960s. Yeah. Because there was blasphemy, female masturbation, male masturbation, adultery, <laughs> cheating. Yeah. <laughs> drinking. Now, from, from, what I, from what I read in the, in the Wikipedia article... Some people are like, how did they even realize there was talk about masturbation? Because it was all metaphor. There was a lot of metaphor. Not all, but a lot. And yeah, you have to to know it. I guess if you are, well, I'll get to this in a second too. But if you're Catholic, you will pick up on the blasphemy. If there there are certain, so, okay. So for example, uh, Leopold Bloom, the main character. Yeah. One of the things is, that he his young son died and ever since then he's not had sex with his wife so he kind of gets off on masturbation including kind of checking out all sorts of women in public and occasionally yeah. wanking one in public and there's one scene that I I, saying, not, that's the particular scene i think that the u.s authorities had a problem with <laughs> there's there's one scene that's even worse and i'm not quite there I, I'm, I'm about halfway through the book as we record this okay uh, so i'm actually i'm, I'm about a month and a half ahead of schedule right now so oh, yay but i swear because i read about the masturbation 
and I've read a few other sections, and I'm like, I don't know if he's full on wanking it, but he, I think he's touching himself there from how it reads. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the female masturbation, I think, is a little upfront too. That's one of the last chapters that his wife gets yeah. into. Yeah. A lot of, lot of naughty stuff. In fact, okay. you know what? I had a quote towards the bottom. I'm going to give it now. Because okay. I talk, talked about blasphemy. Uh-huh. In the very beginning, uh, one of the first, I think it's the first chapter. I know it's one of the first two or three, because the first three chapters are mostly Stephen Daedalus before it goes to Leopold Bloom. Mm-hmm. And uh, Buck Mulligan, Stephen Daedalus's friend, their flatmates at the time in a castle, uh, you know, uh, read it. But, <laughs> but Buck Mulligan gives this quote. He goes, for this, oh dearly beloved, is the genuine Christine, body and soul and blood and oins. Slow music, please. Shut your eyes, gents. One moment. A little trouble about those white corpuscles. Silence, all. And it references a black mass. <laughs> because they would say you celebrate black mass with a naked woman. And that's instead of Christ, they say Christine here, meaning the naked woman. And, and blood and oins are female things. And yeah, yeah. And the very first chapter references a black mass. I missed that in the Wikipedia article. <laughs> well, I, I actually have a couple podcasts and a couple other little references I've been reading and listening to as we go. And I'll give you the mm-hmm. best one when we get to the end. Okay. And that's, I did not pick up on that either in, in the book. Of course, I'm also not Catholic. So. <laughs> okay. So here we go. <laughs> That'll be my point number three here in a second. Yay. And now for something completely different just reading it for fun <laughs> <laughs> all right but seriously i do have a few things in my background that help me a little bit so, so if when i read this i get man i don't know a quarter of the things just from my background okay uh which i guess isn't bad maybe i don't know uh, so most important if it's for fun just read it don't stress about getting it yeah point number two which I mentioned a second ago, have some Guinness while reading it. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) The alcohol cushions the reading, puts you in mind of Dublin, and there can be some wild stream of consciousness writing that the alcohol helps with too. I wonder if listening to Celtic Punk would help. I'm going to say no, because that (laughs) activates a completely different part of the brain. (laughs) That that activates my anger-fied part of the brain typically. (laughs) Nice. In fact, I tried listening to it with uh, to reference a past episode, Mark Gunn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just Celtic music, you know, even call them Celtic music. No, I find I have to, I, I can be at a bar reading it, so there can be noise around me, but I can't yeah. have anything right by me doing the noise. Ah, I understand that. I'm kind of the same way. I can, if it's background noise, that's one thing. If I've got, you know, like music playing that I actually, you know, is like my collection. I'm trying to listen to it and then I can't focus on the reading. Yeah. So number three, be whether current or recovering Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many Catholic things that even being an American Catholic helps with the Irish Catholicism background in the book. But point number four, having turned to agnosticism helps rather a lot. And having perhaps maybe dabbled in black masses just a little bit as we, we just mentioned 
uh, certainly helps a bit, although I did not get all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Number five thing that helped was I am a country boy who has become an academic. The book has very educated things and very common things. If you read this back in the day, you would have gotten that there are uh, references to ads and journals and books and, and things that the common man would get and academics would get. And I still don't get all of them from both sides, hmm. but, but it helps sort of having a, a viewpoint of, of both. I, I do remember reading, there's an ad that he wants to run in the paper, but it's an ad that's run previously. So he's, he's got to go back and look for the ad somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So the, the thing is, Joyce actually wrote about this specific day that happened June 16, 1904. Mm-hmm. Even though he wrote it in the future, he was writing about this day. And he used real life things at the time. So these ads and things okay. that occurred and the people you meet were real people or fictionalized people or actual ads and actual journals and everything at the time. So that, yeah, a lot of it were actual things. Cool. Uh, number six on my list of 12, just so you know, okay, is my personal reading list of books that have helped me quite a bit on the background and culture, Ireland and, and Dublin. And I thought about putting these in the show notes. As Jody and I were talking, I realized I'm not going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there, there are only a few that I'll mention, but uh, Dublin Pub Life and Lore by Kevin Kearney. The Third Policeman by Flann O'Brien or Brian O'Nolan. One's his name, one's pseudonym. Uh, Monk Swimming by Malky McCourt, which is funny because a monk swimming is what, as a child, he thought amongst women in the Hail Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also Malky McCourt's History of Ireland. Pete Hamill, which is an Irish-American, but he wrote A Drinking Life. And I've also read a half a dozen books on the Irish Republican Army. Cool. Which is vaguely helpful. And uh, my personal writings and readings on folklore, you know, pagan things, Irish funerals, old folkways, they they help a bit, especially the Irish funerals. Mm-hmm. Number eight, get ready to drink, is our podcast research. Yay! For example, Kips, places to go get a prostitute that we talked about in the Madam Brown, Madam Fawcett episode. <laughs> I thought about that episode when I was reading the Wikipedia article. <laughs> those things are mentioned in ulysses yes they are <laughs> number nine the amount of time from those previous three things that have helped me be able to pick up context clues so even if i don't know exactly what it is i've got a decent idea okay uh just kind of the ability to to go from something deep to something common fairly quick from what i understand he actually wrote it to be dazzle future academics I do remember seeing that in the article, yes, that he said something to that effect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he he also wrote, oh, here we go. He also wrote it for the common person with, from then, what were current ads, songs, celebrities, and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy stream of consciousness stuff, stream of consciousness stuff when I'm in the right mood. That can be interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in there, which also goes hand in hand with some wonderful innuendos of what's happening, which... Sex, public masturbation, drinking, uh, bigotry. Yeah. It was 1904. Yeah, and uh, the, the main character, Leopold Bloom, is, is Jewish. Culturally, yeah, he's Irish, but culturally Jewish too. Yep. Jewish parents. And so Joyce himself wasn't 
uh, so much the bigot, but he was writing about the things happening at the time. Yeah. And here's another big thing that helps me is the ability to not give a shit if I don't get everything, especially when people are talking, because you can just pretend it's a conversation between people you know on a topic that you don't know and really only give a semi shit about hearing. Good point. Yeah. You let the poetical structure wash over you. It's very lyrical. Goes nice. But yeah, we've all been around people talking about things we don't know nothing. We know nothing about you. Just you're just kind of there and you listen or in this case, Mm -hmm. read it and then move on. (laughs) Yeah. Again, if you really want to, you know, you could research everything. Every time you read a paragraph or sentence, you have to go to one. Okay. I'm still reading the hard copy. I bet if you got it on a Kindle or Nook or e-reader of some kind, be so much easier because you can do the point hit and the look up thing and you can look up all the shit at the time. Yeah. To me, that seems like cheating. <laughs> well, I, th- I think there's also like an, a, a print edition that's, um, and probably a digital one that's uh, oh, annotated. A- annotated or puts it in a, a modern, more of a modern style. Oh, no, no. That bullshit w- I call on that. Yeah, you wouldn't want, I don't think you'd want to do that though. Annotated's fine, not yeah. change the style. It's written with, well, I, I've got a few points coming up, but it's written in a specific way and you should read it the old way, you bastards. <laughs> I, you know, there was, um, there was apparently some uh, pretty heated disagreements over the different editions that have been published because there was a guy back in the 50s or 60s that he edited an edition and he just somebody else came along and just ripped him to shreds over what he'd done to it i mean it was one of the first modernist books where things were written like in this bizarre way that yeah yeah and that's the whole point of it yeah we bastards okay i'm ready to move on if unless you have more <laughs> no i just uh, when i when i was reading up on it it just the the the, the thing i kept thinking of was um the the book I've read, which is uh, Nova Express by William S. Burroughs, which um, has <laughs> has kind of a similar reputation, but you know, instead of being stream of conscience, that was one where he, um, if I remember right, his style for that was that he he literally wrote pages of of manuscript, and then took scissors and cut everything up, like cut sections out, and threw it all up in the air and then just put it back together randomly. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> but I that's not we... Ulysses. <laughs> no, no, but I do dig me some Dadaism. Yeah, cool. Okay. So those are things that have helped me so far. Two things that would have helped me more would be, and I know there's more, I mean, seriously, if I wanted to spend, you would have to be an academic to dig in on your own on this. But things that would have helped me more would be a better background. Oh, t- tell I three things I forgot to type one in. Uh, better background <laughs> in the Odyssey because I only, I've read it once or twice, like junior high, high school, maybe. And that was yeah. just for fun because I wanted to read it, but I didn't really pay that much attention. I read it like I did sci-fi or fantasy. Mm-hmm. Better background in Shakespeare would help. And Probably, a little yeah. better background in uh, philosophy. I've, I've got some, but whew, yeah. not like this. 
And so, okay, here we go. Here's my note on the podcast. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a few, you can find some really nice ones, but my favorite is, and then this guy goes such detail. He takes a paragraph or even less, like a few lines at a time for each episode of oh, the wow. podcast. He's going to be going forever. Well, I'll get to that in a second, <laughs> but it is Frank Delaney's rejoice. Ha ha. Ha 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 I see what he did there. Yep. <laughs> I get that reference. <laughs> but yeah, R.E. Uh, line Joyce, his you know, name. Would that be a dash? Dash. That's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I almost said apostrophe, and I knew that wasn't right. My brain just said, fuck it, go stream of consciousness. There's a line there. It's a line. So yeah, the, he goes into, so this is where I found out he uses the French style of punctuation which instead of the quotes are uh-huh. the little lines which sometimes makes it hard to read oh yeah yeah if you're not used to that yeah and, and this is where you know he talks about how he goes from first person a third person to like another narrator viewpoint and it just you know it and it doesn't tell you when it changes you just have to pick up on it yeah the the chapter i just started it starts with I was doing this and then I would talk to this guy and it would give the other guy's name when he's talking, but this I person, I don't fucking know exactly who it is yet. I'm hoping I'll pick up on it soon. <laughs> you know, is it, is it Leopold? I don't think so, but it might be, is it Stephen Daedalus? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> and if I was better, I would probably know, but I'm enjoying it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like that. He used the name Daedalus too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Because that is Greek. <laughs> it is and daedalus daedalus uh wasn't he the father of icarus uh, yeah i was taking a drink i pointed at jody yes. Thighs. yeah yes and he uses that for specific reason and there is a lot of father and son motifs in this damn thing yeah um daedalus was also the one who uh he designed the labyrinth on crete where the minotaur was imprisoned uh-huh he yeah yeah there there are okay so one joyce is immensely arrogant <laughs> well anybody who says i'm gonna write a book that will be dazzle literary scarlet scholars for decades you kind of get that impression <laughs> uh-huh he was kind of an asshole <laughs> uh, for example buck mulligan he trashes in this book but that was one of his close friends who actually loaned him money all the damn time to help oh. him survive. But that's, that's kind of beyond what this episode is. And yeah, and I still enjoy him. I've read a couple of the Dubliners uh, short stories and, and I love Joyce's writing, but yeah, Daedalus cool. is uh yeah. If, if you wanted to look into that research, why James Joyce named Stephen Daedalus, which is the characters based on himself there's a lot of nice, interesting background and a bit of egotism there. Cool, cool. <laughs> and I'm getting this from Frank Delaney's podcast. Okay. It is odd. The episodes are anywhere from five to 12 minutes. The average, I think, so far is about probably nine. Hmm. So they're not long episodes. They came out weekly. Okay. Uh, I'm in the 90s now, I think. Okay. But there are only 300 and some because Frank Delaney... He planned on doing this for like 25 years, but he passed away a few years ago. He started this decade or more ago and passed away when he was nearing the end of chapter 10 out of 18. 
well, that sucks. I, I don't get to finish the podcast, and I haven't found one that's near so good. I've actually, yeah, he's a writer too. I've got a few of his books on my wish list. I'm, I'm probably going to get sometime soon. Okay. But anyway, it's a good one. There are others out there. I just don't care for him near as much. They're not near as good. He's Frank Delaney's Irish. He's lyrical. He's got a lilt. He's funny. He sometimes goes off on little tangents like we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome. Cool. From that point, my next note is Bloomsday, which we have actually already talked about. Yeah. You know how you can celebrate Bloomsday? By having the Guinness. You could have some Guinness. You could go do a pub crawl. You could have a Gorgonzola cheese sandwich. Yes. Yes. I, that was in the Wikipedia article. That's one <laughs> of the things that he eats. Yes. Have you a cheese sandwich? Yes, sir. Gorgonzola, have you? Yes, sir. Mustard, sir? Thank you. <laughs> There's... I have to try I, this now. <laughs> I, actually, after reading that section, I was on the way to the Scarlet Lane pub the other day uh-huh. and stopped by the store and got a little gorgonzola and some bread and <laughs> mustard and made myself gorgonzola sandwiches. Nice. I, I did not add the pickles. There's more to what I than I just read, but I just don't like pickles on my sandwiches. You just don't like pickles. I, I've started liking the little tiny pickles, the little ones you get with like plumbing's platters. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe someday. Okay. Yeah. You can celebrate with Guinness or Jameson. Yeah. For example, on Guinness, I've got a little thing here. Got a quote. So James Joyce's Ulysses, for example, name checks Lord Ardoin and Lord Ivow, great, great grandsons of Arthur Guinness. Ah. And at one point, a character is brought, quotes, a crystal cup full of the flowing. <laughs> That's not in the quotes. <laughs> you want to start that over? <laughs> start again. <laughs> A crystal cup full of the foaming ebon ale, which the noble twin brothers Bonava and Bungardirlan, the weird Irish names, <laughs> brew ever in their divine alivats. Cunning as the sons of deathless Leda, for they garner the succulent berries of the hop and mass and sift and bruise and brew them. And they mix therewith sour juices and bring the must to the sacred fire and cease not night or day from their toil. Those cunning brothers, lords of the vat. Nice. Yeah, there's more, but I, you should read it. I don't want to overburden this with awesome quotes of beer. <laughs> <laughs> But he does bring up the downside of drinking to especially Dublin in this time. Uh-huh. And Molly Bloom, for example, I mean, you know, she doesn't get along with her husband sexually, but they have a loving relationship. And I won't get much into that either. But they think about each other and yeah. things. But Molly actually regards her husband well for not wasting all of his money at the pubs like a lot of husbands. He brings it home to his family. Cool. Uh, so my note. So while I'm a proponent of pubs and drinking. It is a secondary thing after taking care of the family. Yes. Even though I don't have a family, you know, don't have a wife, kids, any of that. I mean, that, that's the thing. Once you and, and other friends of mine started having families, getting married and having kids and all that, you know, anytime it was like, hey, we should get together. Well, I, I you know, I, I got this planned. You know what? Do that. I can tell you, I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I imagine that all of my friends do, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, as much as I enjoy spending time with my friends, I get it. 
you've got a family you got to take care of you got to spend time with them you know that that should be your priority absolutely but your spouse should also be cool enough to let you occasionally go out and that goes for both sides oh, oh yeah yeah but i don't know if you had anything else i do not that was good timing i just finished my beer <laughs> nice perfect well then i'm going to say this book goes well with all sorts of things goes well with beer food and fucking maybe a prostitute get a black mass and masturbate cheese sandwiches cider and whiskey blasphemy all sorts of fun things <laughs> yeah so anyway there there's my common man's guide to not taking ulysses so seriously <laughs> cool yeah I, I i don't know that i'll wind up reading it but having read about it it does seem like it's a uh, it's really interesting book. It seems like it's got some really cool stuff in it. It's vastly entertaining and, and intriguing and fucking dense as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you want to take it serious, go for it and just realize it's going to take you forever. If you just want to enjoy the poetical content and get what you can out of it. And there, I'll be honest, there was, I don't even remember the chapter. There was one section that just bogged the fuck down and I just stopped caring and I literally speed read about three pages and realized i got nothing and did not care did not go back to it <laughs> Fuck it. this is one of those sections of people talking and just talking and talking to each other like six men i think at the newspaper shop is the section the chapter and after a while i'm just like in a normal conversation where you're not really a part of it you just zone out and i kind of read it <laughs> I, yeah i've read those <laughs> so yeah Depends on how serious you want to take it. And I'm taking it 50-50. Eh, yeah. Anyway, I have nothing else. Um, I, I do not either. Well, cool. And thank you for, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Entertaining the thought of me doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you mean me. I, 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 hey, no, I didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't see any reason not to do it. It just, you know, as far as books go, I'm probably not going to pick it up myself. But yeah. Just read a section or two or do a Bloomsday or even just go have a Guinness and quote, uh, just do a random line on a Google search and go to a pub and get a Guinness and say the line and have people think you're smart. Because <laughs> I'm reading the whole damn thing and that's, that is not going to let me be smart anywhere. <laughs> on, on those various notes of various <laughs> things, <laughs> I'm James, not Joyce. I'm Jody, not James or Joyce. Um, I don't know what to say. Well, Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. How's that Grand Marnier there, James? <laughs> Not doing too bad. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I found it, though. 265,000 okay. words, approximately. 265,000. Wow, that's a lot. The Silmarillion is about 100. 30,000. So about half. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Ulysses is just over twice the size of. For a second there, I thought you were going to say do a random line off of Hooker's ass, but that's a, that's a different type of line. <laughs>